What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. Today is Monday, May 23rd. Today on the show, we are expecting some players and their salary cap situations who may still make sense for the Dolphins to part ways from and why these kinds of moves, even this late in the offseason, can still make sense. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, Dolphins fans? Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com. Your host here on Locked on Dolphins. Today is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline, where the game starts. Objective today on the show is I want to take a look at the Dolphins offseason roster, right? Because you obviously have the expanded roster. You don't have to worry about staying under 53 or 53 players. Uh, you have the chance to manipulate the salary cap a little bit in this point in time where really your top 51 players are the only ones that are counted against the cap. Well, I want to look at the Dolphins, and I want to look at where they are distributed, and I want to look at additional opportunities for the Dolphins to perhaps continue to manufacture additional cap space for the year ahead and beyond because that's that's an important thing to remember with the salary cap and I think that often gets lost on on some folks when discussing the pros and cons of carrying cap space versus the salary cap not being real you can carry salary cap over year over year over year so it's not a sense of if you don't use it you lose it and I look at the San Francisco 49ers and I think this is a great case uh, for why the San Francisco 49ers is just a team that obviously the Dolphins have some vested interest in, it would be in their best interests to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo this offseason and let Trey Lance play this year. And I'm not just saying that as a Dolphins fan who wants to see the 49ers uh, finish with as worse of a record as possible, but Jimmy Garoppolo is carrying over $27 million cap hit. He's in a contract year. The 49ers gave three first-round picks to trade for Trey Lance from the Dolphins. And the whole appeal of a young quarterback that it was picked in a first-round pick is you get four-plus years of that player on a rookie contract. But if you don't, if you keep Jimmy Garoppolo for half of that window, you lose the rookie contract benefits of Trey Lance, but you could also clear $25.5 million for Jimmy Garoppolo right now by cutting him, and then you can carry that over into next year as well, even if you don't plan on signing any players to the roster here and now. So that's the kind of an example that spawned the idea for today to look at, hey, who are some players who are under contract for the Dolphins that as post-June 1st cuts when the dead cap you can prorate across two seasons instead of one, there might be some added benefits for Miami uh, to explore. Now, I think it's important, and we'll note this with all of these players, I think a number of these players are going to have significant roles on the Dolphins roster this year, but there are several players that give you benefits to post-June 1st cuts. The first name on this list with any significant amounts of savings, and I'm on overthecap.com, and I'm looking at the Dolphins' contracted players with 91 total, and they're filtered from most expensive to least expensive relative to their cap hit for this upcoming year. 
Eric Rowe, for example, $2.5 million base salary. He's got a, a roster bonus that accounts for $2 million throughout the course of the year. A total cap hit of over $5 million. Eric Rowe's been a great player for the Dolphins since he got here in 2019. And he transitioned and he played safety and from, from being primarily a corner and uh, found himself new life in his career and obviously got compensated accordingly to the point in which uh, his cap hit this year is over $5 million. It's a significant amount. Miami can cut Eric Rowe and they can save $4.5 million. He's one of those players where his pre-June 1st and post-June 1st are exactly the same because he's in the last year of his contract. There is no pro rating, right? Um, the, the, the dollar amount that he has is what it is. So the question is, is Eric Rowe the football player who's probably your third safety um, and a, a valuable multi-tool piece in the secondary, is he more valuable than what $4.5 million in salary cap to either use this year or carry over into future years would afford you? And I would say that he is more valuable than that uh, based on the fact that the Dolphins, after the Melvin Ingram signing, are still listed as the third largest salary cap figure in the NFL. Now they're $10 million behind the Cleveland Browns and they're $7, $8 million behind the Carolina Panthers. But at $17 million, the Dolphins can carry that 17 over if they don't use any of it, and they'll use some of it throughout the course of the year. But you're talking about tacking on probably $10, $12 million to your 2023 cap based on what you don't spend without making any roster moves at all. That, to me, gives you enough wiggle room that, no, I don't think cutting Eric Rowe just for the sake of cutting a player um, gives you the benefit that would be required for me to think that's a necessary move. But these are the questions the Dolphins have to ask themselves with each of the players that they have under contract now, uh, especially these ones who uh, potentially present some cap savings. The next name uh, is Adam Butler, and Adam Butler finds himself in the same boat as what Eric Rowe does and that Adam Butler's in the last year of his contract. So uh, there's no need for uh, funny numbers with the salary cap and guaranteed dollars versus non-guaranteed dollars, all you really need to know is this. Adam Butler is owed a total of $4.15 million this year. His base salary is $3.41. Uh, he's got over $330,000 in per-game roster bonuses throughout the course of the year, but there's no guaranteed money on this deal. So you could cut ways, cut ties with Adam Butler now, and you could potentially save all of that money. Now, is that dollar amount a worthwhile proposition for the Dolphins? I would say it depends. Because one of the players that the Dolphins were tied to having interest in this offseason was Akeem Hicks. And if you could tell me that you could save all that money that you're going to pay Adam Butler and potentially pay Akeem Hicks probably somewhere in the same ballpark. I'd rather have Akeem Hicks. I think he's a more versatile defensive player, but you got to understand what Adam Butler is and what he was signed to be for the Dolphins, and it's a sub-package into your defensive lineman to play on your sub-package groups and really help get after the quarterback. And he was that last year. I think he was as advertised as far as his skill set and how effective he was. Um, 
Butler in total, he played right in line with his career average, uh, a little higher than his career average for a snap percentage. He played 52.5% of the snaps across 17 games. Um, he had two sacks, which was not the kind of production that, that maybe you expected. He didn't have the same run production. Um, but he was a dirty work player. And I think you, you sign Adam Butler with that understanding that that's who he is and that's what he's going to offer your team. And um, I think there's a role for Adam Butler unless you have an obvious upgrade opportunity. And that's where I would say I'd put my flag in the ground for, for moving on from Adam Butler is if you have somebody you feel is an apparent upgrade, and I would say a healthy version of Akeem Hicks to play 40 to 50% of your snaps on a defensive line rotation, I think he gets after the the quarterback a little better the only downside is he doesn't know the system and Butler's played with this system his entire career so that's a question the Dolphins would have to ask themselves and I can't answer for them our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next year's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, let's continue our jaunt through the Dolphins roster at this point in time. The next two players who I'm sure are going to draw interest from Dolphins fans are members of that maligned 2020 first round class in Austin Jackson and Noah Benogany. I acknowledge these guys despite the fact that I know that Austin Jackson is going to be competing for the starting right tackle spot, right? But I'm sure that there were, I know for a fact, there were some Dolphins fans who wanted to transition away from Austin Jackson uh, this offseason. And Noah Benogany, the question is, well, if he can't play on defense, can he play on defense? We don't know. Uh, but he hasn't played here the last two years on defense, so is that a transition that would make sense for the team? Uh, financially, the answer is going to be no for both of these players. I'll start with Austin Jackson. Uh, his cap hit this year is $3.7 million, but because rookie contracts are fully guaranteed and structured the way that they are, uh, if you were to cut Austin Jackson pre-June 1st, you would incur an additional $4.3 million in dead cap, so you'd lose $4.3 million against the cap. If you were to cut him post-June 1st, that number is cut in half. It's 2.4, so 4.7. So uh, regardless... You're losing money in cutting Austin Jackson. The same can be said for Noah Benogany. Of course, the 30th overall pick versus the 18th. The financials aren't quite as steep. Uh, Igbenogany carries a cap hit number of $3.06 million. Cutting him pre-June 1st uh, would double his cap hit to over $6 million. Uh, after June 1st uh, would make it $4.6 million against the cap. So you'd lose money either way. The next name I want to acknowledge here is a player who I, I actually do think is a feasible cut player for the Dolphins in Miles Gaskin. Uh, I was asked about him on Power to the Pod and the, the potential that he brings forward. And here's the unfortunate reality, right? It is Miles Gaskin is running back four at best. The team brought back Savan Ahmed. Uh, and Gaskin, because he's still living on his rookie contract and he's in the, the fourth year of his rookie contract, even though he was a seventh-round pick, uh, you're, you're talking over $2.5 million in pay. 
for Miles Gaskin. Uh, his base salary this year is $2.54 million. That is the final year of that seventh round uh, contract that he received when he was drafted in 2019 with the 234th overall pick. There are benefits to living out the full contract, but a lot of seventh round picks don't get the luxury that, that Gaskin has to this point in time. But if you were to ask me, is RB4 on the Dolphins roster worth $2.5 million? My answer is probably going to be no, if I'm being completely honest. And because of that, I, I do look at Gaskin, and I acknowledge the other skill sets that exist in the uh, in the roster and, and in the backfield, and you, you're going to take on a $21,000 dead cap hit, uh, which is next to nothing. The Dolphins currently carrying $8.5 million in dead cap in total. And Gaskin's contributions to the team, I think you'd have to see the running back room go completely sideways. And and I do acknowledge that Raheem Mostert and relying on him with levels of significance for his, his playing time is probably not a wise idea based on injuries that you've seen him take the last couple of seasons. But Savan Ahmed gives you a different element than what Miles Gaskin does too. And that, for me, uh, creates this dynamic in which I look at Gaskin and, and he's the first name out of all the names that we mentioned with Rowe and Butler with the asterisk and Jackson and Igbenogany. This is the first name that I really look at and I, I question like what is the pathway forward for Miles on the Dolphins roster and I don't know that I have a good answer. The next name that I want to acknowledge is another player that, that's occupying about $2.5 million in cap space for the Dolphins. And uh, this is a player who was signed last offseason to a three-year contract. Um, this is the first player that has an additional year left on their contract. So as we're talking about dead money, and uh, the Dolphins structured this contract extremely well. There is no guarantees beyond the first year of the contract that was paid out last year. It's Ethan Carter. So here's the interesting thing with Ethan Carter, right? He's due $2.26 million as his base salary, and then he's got some, some uh, roster bonus and workout bonuses that are built into the contract. In grand total, he's owed $2.525 million, $2 million this year, but none of it is guaranteed. So you could cut him today. You could cut him post-June 1st. It doesn't really matter. You can occupy some, free up some space. What is the role for Seaton Carter on this team aside of playing special teams? I don't know. I genuinely do not know. Because you think about the tight end room in its entirety, and I do think somebody significant is going to drop off, whether it's him or whether it's Adam Shaheen, who we're going to talk about in just a second. Uh, somebody has to come off, right? You can't sit here and play the numbers game, and you can't roster with all the wide receivers that you have. You can't roster all these tight ends as well. It's just not feasible. So Seathan Carter is not a hand-in-the-dirt type of guy. He's preferably a backfield type of guy, H-back, move piece. But now you've brought fullbacks into the fray with this offense. And here's the other side effect of getting better, continuing to get better at all the other position groups that you have. You've now freed out players who were playing the last couple of years significant offensive snaps for your or offensive or defensive snaps for your team are now freed up because they're no longer primary starters to now be playing special teams. So paying a guy like Seathan Carter the two and a half million dollars that you're paying him to play teams 
is not a good investment of your, your dollar amount. So for me, Seathan Carter, along with Miles Gaskin, these two would be on the chopping block, boom, boom. And next thing you know, I'm suddenly looking at an additional $5 million in cap space. Which brings us to Adam Shaheen, because Adam Shaheen uh, is not somebody I think is, is a viable player to significantly contribute to you with special teams, but he has played about a third of the offensive snaps for the Dolphins in each of the last two years, but that has come with 17 catches for 168 yards and two touchdowns in the two seasons that Shaheen has played for the Dolphins. His cap hit number this year is $2.18 million. His base salary is $1.65 million. He does carry a $333,000 prorated signing bonus dollar amount. Uh, so you're not going to get off scot-free should you decide that you wanted to part ways with him. There's no pre- or post-June 1st designation of anything of significance with this contract. This is really just, is it important to you, because he's in the last year of his deal, to clear the books and transition away from Adam Shaheen. So I think there is a role for Adam Shaheen in this offense. I do think Shaheen is a viable inline blocker. Uh, ideally, Hunter Long takes all of these reps. I know Durham Smythe is, is a player who the Dolphins doubled down on and, and got the contract extension. Mike Gusecki still here as well. So the numbers game still exists. But I would not be mad for a dollar amount that's $2.18 million against the cap, and in cash is going to work out to be under $2 million to have Shaheen continue to be a primary backup, uh, but somebody who you can trust if you need to get heavy in the front, put two tight ends to the play side, and go from there. Clayton Fejdalum, I've spoken on, on and, and shared my thoughts on what he does and does not do well. Uh, he does carry uh, a million dollars in guaranteed salary this year. Uh, I believe this was a restructure that the Dolphins executed with him. Uh, his cap hit number is $2 million on the dot. $1 million in guaranteed salary. His base salary is $1.725 million. Uh, he gets a bonus per game that he's on the roster of $250,000 cumulatively throughout the course of the entire year. So that's where that $2 million comes from. I guess this is, is going to continue to be a, a staple on special teams for the Dolphins. And with that in mind, you're, you're not really going to get a lot of moving of the needle to, to free up some cap space. Now, a player who I think is probably destined to move on from Miami is Solomon Kinley, uh, who was a fourth-round choice for the team in 2020. If you could find somebody to trade for his contract, great. Um, it is a rookie contract. He has two years left on it. Uh, the cap hit numbers that he's doing each of the next two years is um, $1 and $1.2 million. The total cash that he's due is right, around, right at $2 million in total. Uh, so two years, $2 million, somebody want a, a gap power concept offensive guard, you can find somebody. Great. Here's the financial implications. The Dolphins, uh, there's no pre or post June 1st, even though there's multiple years left on this contract. Um, significant differences, but there is a little bit, a couple hundred thousand dollars that you can save depending on when you were to move on him from him, either via trade or via cut, 
if you were to cut or trade him pre-June 1st, you'd incur dead cap hit of $392,000, and you save $698,000 against the cap. If it came after June 1st, that number becomes $196,000 in dead cap, and you'd save $895,000 against the cap. So for your top 51 players, those are the ones that jump the most to me as being players who would make sense for the Dolphins to at least entertain and have conversations about what is the long-term scope and view for this player. And if you don't like the answer, okay, then there's transaction opportunities. And, and the nice thing for Miami is uh, they're not pigeonholed. They're not boxed in. There's not any players that you're like, man, we really got to hold this player until after June 1st um, because if we don't, then we're going to take a really ugly cap hit as compared to trying to spread it out, and then you get into competing with other teams to get rid of players, and is that going to reignite the trade market after June 1st? And for some players, it absolutely will. But the Dolphins not being in a boat where they have any albatross contracts that they're hoping they can shed, but they're desperate uh, to beat other teams to transactions to get those players off the team and get something for them is a nice place to be. Which brings us to rockauto.com. Nice place to be is a car that always works. Rockauto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're shopping for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy to navigate catalog. And in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, price of the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs and write locked on in their How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Wanted to, since we're talking salary cap space, I think it is, is important to... Uh, acknowledge where the Dolphins stand in the lexicon of NFL teams. We mentioned that they were third in the NFL in the here and now with $17 million at their disposal. If you project the team forward, the Dolphins are in the middle of the pack for 2023. After the Tyreek Hill contract and so on and so forth, they are technically one of the teams that is in the red. Uh, they, they are minus $2 million, but they have 53 players under contract already. So this is where that $17 million comes in handy for Miami. I know we talked about San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo earlier in the show as an example of why these things year over year can matter. Whatever the Dolphins don't spend, you will roll over, and that is going to put you in a position next year uh, where you're going to be going in where you would otherwise be in the red, you can be in the black, and you can guarantee that you have protected yourself based on uh, how you roll over cap year over year. And the Dolphins will have ample opportunities uh, to transition away from players next offseason, much more flexibility year over year as far as what your uh, pre-June 1st transactions look like to boost and manufacture space. Of course, you're always going to have some big dollar contracts on the books with Emmanuel Ogba, Xavier Howard, Jerome Baker has a big cap hit next year, Tyree Kill, $31 million. That's not a small number. Byron Jones, over 18. So 
some moving forward type decisions for the Dolphins uh, for 2023. But at the very least, you know, because the salary cap this year is structured the way that it is, they're going to be able to take care of business, roll that over, and they'll have enough flexibility to do anything that they want to do. Hope you guys enjoyed today's conversation, Kyle Krabs. Make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Thanks, as always, for listening. Fins up, make it a great Monday, and I will talk with you guys again tomorrow.